This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about upgrades to the Yum Center, a new museum heading to Museum Row, and the latest in the Jewish Hospital Kentucky One University of Louisville saga. It's worth talking about. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is Brooke Timmons. I'm filling in for our host, David Mann, who's in San Francisco on the Glide Trip. You can read all about what David and the other Glide Trip participants are learning this week on our website, louisvillebusinessfirst.com. Joining me today is Haley Cawthon, and Chris Larson, and Marty Finley. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. On this show, we're here to bring you the latest news and sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, just as David always does, I'm going to start this show with a difficult question. As Marty reported yesterday, the KFC Yum Center has made some venue upgrades that officials said will make the fan experience more enjoyable and memorable. So here's my question to the panelists. What's your favorite show you've seen at the Yum Center? And since we have some recent transplants to Louisville on the show with us today, if you haven't yet had a chance to see a show at the Yum Center, tell us about your favorite arena concert, just in general. And if you don't have one of those, well, I'm going to need you to hum or sing a few bars of your favorite karaoke song. So for everyone's sake, I hope you have an answer to my question. Let's start with Haley. So if you didn't catch that earlier, my name is Haley Cawthon. And that's not a question, Cawthon. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So I also haven't been to a show at the KFC Yum Center, but I have been to a couple of arena shows. And just to give you a spectrum of... What's going on in my music realm? My first arena show was Hillary Duff, followed by Disturbed at the Pepsi Coliseum. <laughs> that, that's quite the range, Haley. Yes, I have quite the range. So if you want to talk music sometime, I know all, <laughs> I, w- I want to say. Chris, Larson, what, what, do you, what do you got for us over there? Uh, I really don't want to have to sing. So I have, <laughs> I, I have not seen a show at the Yum Center yet. I haven't seen a real venue, like a real big time arena concert in my life. You're yet. such a music lover. I am, but here's here's the, here's the thing. I don't like the crowd of like the, the concept of the going to an arena show is kind of overwhelming to me. Like I'll go to any other venue, but like going to the the arena, I'm doing air quotes, just kind of freaks me out a little bit. I do like smaller venue concerts, but but I've been to a, a few arena ones. The closest thing that I have to that is this um, large arena, it's not arena, large venue in Utah. I saw the Aquabats at a place called The Depot. So if there's any other Utah transplants out there, they'll know exactly what that what that's like. But uh, that's about as, about as big as it gets. All right, panelists, should we allow that or do we need to hear? I say give him a pass. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, and, the, and our listenership thanks you as well. <laughs> Marty, what do you got for us? All right, I'm going to save this ship. Um, I saw Tool there in May. Uh, it was actually my first big arena show at the Yum Center. I've been to some of these Disney on Ice shows there with my daughter. Okay. Actually, they're really well done if you like Disney songs. But uh, Tool, I've been a big fan of theirs uh, since the early 2000s when Lateralis came out. They kind of changed their sound, and that's when I started getting into them. But uh, they, they announced a tour. I thought it was kind of a joke because they hadn't toured in a long time. And uh, they just put out an album the first in 13 years. So it all just seemed like a big gag when I heard about it at the Yum Center. But the show was great. When I got there, they said, you can't, ha- you know, basically you have to keep your phone in your pocket the entire show. If you don't, we're going to throw you out. Oh, wow. Which I was like, okay, you're going to have business. What, what, you're going to have 20,000 people in here and <laughs> nobody can use their phone? So 
but actually, you know, the threat of being thrown out of this show actually kept, for the most part, people kept the phones away. And, and actually, I really enjoyed the experience because you yeah. had to focus on the show. You weren't worried about who was calling you or who was texting you. Or, or recording happen- every song. Yes, or yeah. what's happening on Twitter. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I actually struck up a conversation with the person beside me who said their first show was Metallica's Master of Puppets. Oh, cool. So if you're a metal fan, that's a pretty good first show. Mm-hmm. So it's a great experience. I, I don't know if they'll ever come back to Louisville again. I think this was the first time they've ever been here. So it was pretty great. I was glad to be there. It so ended up being a sold-out show. So, so you're saying you had a human connection at a live event without your phone? Wow, genuine wow. human wow. connection. It was pretty great. That's we talked about music for like 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. How unmillennial of you. <laughs> I know. Uh, so for me, mine is almost as embarrassing as singing our karaoke song for you guys. Um, but um, mine would have to be uh, the New Kids on the Block BSB concert that I saw. Um it was more of just like this huge nostalgia thing. I was with a bunch of my my friends and we just had a great time just like reliving our childhood. I've seen some other less embarrassing concerts there that were that were fantastic, um, but that one was a lot of fun. So um, so, yeah, so that's how I how I uh, enjoyed my concert at the Yum Center. All right. Switching gears. Um, Louisville is getting a new um, African-American museum located on West Main Street, part of Museum Row. It's still raising funds for its upcoming renovation that's set to begin in October with a tentative opening date set for January of 2020. Haley uh, reported on this earlier this week. Can you tell us a little bit about this new museum, the concept, and some of the exhibits we might see? So the new museum is um, right by the Fraser Museum. It's a five-level building, so there's going to be five different floors. And guests are going to start their experience off in the bottom floor of the facility where they're going to enter into what looks like a ship's hull. And they're going to be a little bit confused, but then realize that they're in a slave ship coming to America. And that's how they're going to start the story for guests who want to have an experience at this museum. And then there's going to be an underground railroad portion, and then they're going to work their way up through history with civil rights and the Obama era. So it's kind of going to span time as you work your way up the levels um and the concept was developed by lamont collins he's a louisville native uh actually a member of the athletic hall of fame at um oh a local high school fern valley or is that the right one (laughs) Uh, i don't know there's lots of local high schools fern creek yeah fern creek high school so he is in the Athletic Hall of Fame there. He's always been a big collector of historical items, including like sports memorabilia. And um, so how did he get the idea to bring this museum to life? So that happened while he was listening to NPR. He was listening to a broadcast with a California collector. His name's Oren Z. And Oren Z um, had six rail cars full of African-American history and artifacts and memorabilia. And he said that they used to be in a museum, but they had to, things changed, and they had to put everything into storage, and Oren Z had pancreatic cancer, and so he didn't want, he didn't have the energy or the health to put the effort into restoring these items into a facility where people could go and see them. So he was basically saying, you know, these items are sitting where they're not doing anyone any good. Right, not telling their stories that they have. Yeah, and so Lamont heard that, and he's like, well, I have a place. (laughs) I I can make a place for them here in Louisville. And so he actually connected with Oren Z 
and the pair of them with their collections and another local collector named Julie Lewis, they've been pulling together some of their personal collections and artifacts from more than 30 families in Louisville and nationally. So it's going to be quite the collection of artifacts. But Lamont said he really wants people to have an experience at the museum. While the artifacts are really important into telling the story, he said people are going to remember how they feel when they come there, and that's the important part. He wants it to be a healing place for the African-American community, and um, he wants it to be open to all as an educational experience here in Louisville. So speaking of, has has anyone um, been to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis or the Holocaust Museum in D.C. or another similar museum? Can you describe how maybe that made you, like how you felt learning the powerful message that those museums have to share with their visitors? I've been to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. It's very powerful. Um, you know, kind of the stark imagery. They use a lot of imagery, right. big visuals, splashy that tells a really great story through photos, really, to some of the right. The well, and I've been have. there too, and they have yeah. um, they have a uh, a lunch counter that you mm-hmm. can sit at, and a bus like Rosa Parks. Yeah, sat it's on very immersive, and, and you you know you really kind of feel like you're there in a right. sense, and you get uh, to feel just just how kind of crazy that portions of our history was exactly and, right. Uh, seeing it that you know blown up larger than life that way, and. You know, backs up to where, of course, Martin Luther King was was killed there at the with the hotel. So Lorraine Motel. Yeah, yeah, so you get to see some of that as well. It's been integrated into the museum. So it's you know, I find Memphis to be a really interesting town. It's steeped in history, steeped in culture. Some of that history is negative because of you know some of the the assassinations and other issues there. But um, the museum, if you've not been there, it's definitely worth the drive. Oh, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. And a little bit further out, I've actually been to the Holocaust Museum in D.C. It's a little bit farther of a drive, but definitely still worth a visit if you haven't been there yet. Um, I actually asked Lamont, I said, so I've been to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., and I've kind of been through the experience that guests get when they go there. If you haven't been, they give you a name of a person, an actual person, who was in the Holocaust, and then by the end of your tour through the museum, they tell you whether or not you survived. And to me, as like a little kid, that like just shook me to my core, and I thought, oh my gosh, like it made it feel really tangible for someone who didn't experience it. Um, just to get a good grip on it. And he said that's exactly the kind of experience that he wants people to have when they come to the new right. museum. For, the, for, the, for those that can't really relate to the plight of the people who lived through those things, that maybe, you know, you can have a moment of... Um, realization. Realization, yeah. Larson, have you? Uh, not the uh, museums at hand. Uh, I did get a chance to go to the museum okay. in D.C. So it has a great, you know, collection of... Uh, of you know of history through the eyes of the news media in in America, so they have one of the big things that I remember there. Literally, big things was they had sections of the Berlin Wall, including a you know like a watchtower. And when you see photos of the Berlin Wall, you know in online or on or in your textbooks, it doesn't. It just looks like a wall, but this thing was huge. Like this was an imposing, an, a, a a very imposing, you know, uh, thing to to actually see and to see and. I imagine seeing that huge wall come down really, really must have meant a lot. Right, and something that's happened in some of our t- uh, lifetimes that have been sitting at this table, and some of us uh, not. Uh, 1989, so that probably is Marty and me at the table. <laughs> yep. 
Um, all right, let's shift gears um, to another very important topic for our city, um, and that is the University of Louisville's top health executive faced open skepticism from Kentucky legislators about how the school would use a promised $50 million loan from the state to take over Kentucky One Health. So it looks like the Jewish Hospital Kentucky One University of Louisville saga is going to drag on, and now it's facing some scrutiny. Am I right, Chris? That's right. So yesterday uh, made uh, made actually my my first trip out to Frankfurt to go cover a uh, legislative committee meeting, and the state lawmakers there uh, kind of looked at the deal op- openly and critically. And this is the first time we've seen uh, really anybody openly you know, kind of explore and question harshly this idea that uh, the state would give the University of Louisville $50 million in taxpayer money to take over a struggling, struggling hospital. Now, the, uh, you know, the, the big thing from, takeaway from the meeting is that, you know, there's no guarantees here. I mean, I think I've said it before on the podcast that there's nothing guaranteed in, in politics. And this kind of highlighted this idea that not 100% of all elected officials are on board with this idea. So what was the vibe at the meeting? So the vibe was not friendly. Uh, so the right from the gate, the chair, the co-chairman, uh, Senator Steve Meredith, the Republican from Litchfield, basically said there are rural hospitals out there right now that are also in at a risk of closing. If those hospitals were to close, that is it for that community for miles and miles and hours worth of driving. And his basic question is, why should we help Jewish Hospital as state legislators as we're not, if we're not helping these hospitals, which are arguably more vital to their respective communities than Jewish Hospital would be? And the rebuttal from Miller essentially is, there's just not enough space in Louisville to take care of the thousands of people that get their care there. Plus, that would jeopardize at least 2,000 jobs of payroll. There's about 5,000 jobs in total in, the, in Kentucky one. So we're talking about thousands of people's health care, thousands of people's jobs. And that's the idea that the Miller really tried to hang the thing on. That didn't go over well with everybody, but that's the, the, the vitalness or the important case that he was trying to make. So where does that leave the U of L Kentucky one deal? So the deal is going to happen. One thing that was highlighted very clearly by Miller after the meeting, after he gave his testimony, he tried to get out of there as quickly as he could, but every media member and his dog from Louisville was there to try to see what Miller would say and try to ask him questions. Uh, he was very explicit that this UofL deal with uh, Kentucky One's parent organization, Common Spirit Health, is going to happen regardless of whether or not the state gives out the money. Um, it will change how they approach the situation, but there's only two conditions on the deal going forward and closing on November 1st. The first one is government regulatory approval, and the second one is approval from the Roman Catholic Church. uh, Common Spirit Health is a Catholic health care organization that operates under the oversight of the church. Okay. So um, anything else that you can share from the story that we haven't covered? Yeah, so one thing that we haven't covered is the very aggressive questioning from a local senator, Democratic Senator uh, Morgan McGarvey. He probably was the most aggressive in questioning Miller on what exactly is going to happen to U of L, what's gonna happen to the hospital, what and he, he kinda questions, you know, U of L's intent in trying to take over the uh Kentucky one. He actually said it explicitly and it's in the story as a quote. He basically said that, you know, how do we know you guys aren't going to take this money and just shut down Jewish hospital anyway? 
you know, sell off what you don't want from Kentucky one and expand U of L hospital. I mean, do you think they would do that now? Would they do that? I don't know. So we've reported uh, that Tom Miller behind closed doors is telling physicians that there was a plan there. Uh, the, the plan exists now that there is a plan that's on the shelf to expand U of L hospital. It's about an $85 million plan. Now he says that's on hold. Um, and we don't know if that'll come off the shelf, but there has to be a financial level or some kind of expense that you know would like you would meet that at trying to fix up Jewish hospital, or it would just be cheaper to close the hospital and build right, a new yeah. expansion of UL hospital. Again, where that line is, what the threshold is, I don't know what it is, but just the something. So that's something for us to watch um, in, in in coming months, right? It is, and I mean, one thing I wanted to point that I think needs to be pointed out here is Tom Miller had every opportunity to completely disavow the the U of L hospital expansion idea. He, he very easily could have said that we are not going to do that. That was contingency planning. You guys don't need to worry about that. We are so dedicated to saving Jewish hospital. That's absolutely what we're going to do. But he didn't do that. Um, so even in the questioning after the fact with reporters, you know, it, he was asked, you know, about this idea of expanding. He said, you know, we're going to we're we're in, he simply just said we're interested in investing in Jewish hospital. Right. Um, and which if they did that, that would again enough disavow the idea. Leave us with an empty shell in our downtown. Right. Possibly. Uh, they need UofL needs the space to do like operations. There's operating rooms there. There's uh, med surge units there that they could still use. So you could still use Jewish hospital. Okay. But would it be the historic high tech? hand transplant, heart transplant hospital of the city, maybe not. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for bringing us to, up to speed on um, that the latest in that saga. Um, that's all we have this week. But before we sign off, um, we've discussed some heavier topics today. So in addition to sharing um, where our audience can find us on social, social media, I'd like everyone to share something about what you're loving about Louisville right now. It could be a meal you've had um, recently or an event you've attended or just something simply in the news that you've liked. Um, so we will start with Haley. So my husband and I, his name's Scott, he works at Stockyards, you might know him. <laughs> um, but my husband Scott and I have been running across the pedestrian bridge or the Big Four Bridge every weekend, and it's our new routine, and we just run down there and run through um, Waterfront Park and just kind of see what's going on and do some people watching. It's a lot of fun, and usually the weather's been pretty great, even though it's a little hot, <laughs> especially this coming weekend, so I don't know if we'll run around in that heat, but it's just a really fun way to get outdoors and enjoy our local parks. I, I love the Big Four Bridge. I'm there all the time, so I think yes. that's great. I'm surprised we've never crossed paths. I know, paths. I am. I'll, I'll, see, on, there every I'll see on social media that you've been there, and I'm like, oh, I, I, we must have missed each other by minutes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and where can we find you on social? Uh, you can find me on social media at Haley. that's H-A-L-E-Y, on Twitter, and I'm also on Instagram, and so is my dog, Winston. Oh, we love Winston. He's great. Maybe we'll have him on the show sometime. Yes, he'll just bark at flies or something. Just some heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris, can you tell us uh, what you're loving about Louisville? So what I'm loving about Louisville is the kind of uh, just general you know, kind of culture and vibe of, uh, of just kind of accepting people and being able to kind of network your way to just about anybody that you can that you really want to meet with that's something that you know you really lose out on with big cities you know we, we talk about all the time about how 
you know, Louisville needs to be more like this big metro or the other big metro. But one thing you're definitely going to lose is the ability to to meet with people. And it's just kind of accepted and understood that if you're in business, that, you know, you're the biggest help that people can offer you is connecting them with with other people that, you know, so Louisville has often had that big city, small town feel. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and the uh, and I've been able to do a lot of networking lately, get to meet some interesting people, and I've been able to do that through LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Not segue. <laughs> you can also find me at BFLU Chris on Twitter. Hit me up on either of those, and we'll we'll talk. We'll get together, have a coffee, have a lunch. Oh, there you go. Yeah, call Chris if you want meet him for coffee or something. Marty, what do you got for us? Uh, a couple things. Um, you know, Haley noted the. Big Four Bridge and the waterfront in general. Um, I live in southern Indiana, so I love downtown Jeff and that view mm-hmm. from downtown Jeff. Um, but also just all the little like small communities that are gaining more, um, I, I guess, uh, attention, not only in southern Indiana, like Jeffersonville and their downtown, but, you know, you're seeing more neighborhoods build up. Um, Nulu is getting, is really getting even more rejuvenated than it already has. You just love Biscuit Belly, don't you? I do love Biscuit Belly. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, of course, Germantown's been hot. All kinds of neighborhoods are, are blowing up. So, you know, just seeing that sort of linkage, you're seeing Nulu and Butchertown sort of bleed together. Mm-hmm. The stadium, I think, will kind of supercharge that even more once it's open early next year. So, uh, so yeah, it's just, you know, things are starting to come together in a cohesive manner. Uh, covering real estate, I'm paying attention to that quite a bit, but... That's probably the thing that I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to. Also, just just driving around, seeing all the old cool buildings. Some are being redeveloped. Some are still, you know, whatever they are, warehouses or, mm-hmm. you know, all the cool old churches and stuff. So, um, you know. So you're loving commercial real estate. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I so, love my job. <laughs> so. Have you figured out what we're calling the overlapping Nulu Butcher Town? Is it Nubu yet? Uh, oh, I've Nubu. Been hearing, it's yeah, definitely you heard it here Lou. first. What's that? Yeah. What's that? What'd you call it? He, uh, Chris called it Nubu. Nubu. I've been hearing Boo too. Oh, I hate Boo oh. Please make that not happen. Yeah, I like Nubu much better. Nubu. Yeah. Nubu. Yeah. Or Boo. He's my Nubu. Boo <laughs> Boo That sounds like a like a Halloween thing we might have in Nulu. Yes. Boo. Boo All right, where can we find you on? Uh, at BF Lou Marty on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. So I'm trying to get kind of pick that up a little bit more. So. Um, Hit me up on there if you have a news tip, either on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Yeah. All right. And uh, to wrap things up, I'll share the thing that I'm loving about Louisville right now. Um, and that's the Louisville Orchestra concert that I attended um, this weekend at Iroquois Amphitheater on Saturday night. Um, we're so lucky to have such a talented group of musicians in our city, and they offered their talents to us this weekend for free. Um, it was a free concert. They also did one in LaGrange on Friday night, and um, it was just a beautiful night listening to them under the stars, and my little arts love and heart was just bursting at the seams. So shout out to the Louisville Orchestra and the Louisville Orchestra musicians. Thank you so much. Um, we very much appreciated uh, listening to your music uh, this weekend. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at... BF Lou Designer um, or on Instagram at btimmons26. Also feel free to get in touch by email at btimmons at bizjournals.com. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever service you like to listen to podcasts on. Uh, Thank you, Haley, Chris, and Marty. Until next time, bye. (laughs) 